0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Rucker Report. I'm your humble host, J.D. Rucker. This is brought to you by the GK Podcast Network, gatekeepersonline.com, where you can get some really incredible information from a religious, political, cultural perspective. People like Dr. Mike Spaulding, Bishop Robert E. Smith, uh, you got Jeff Dornick, Andrew Ramsey, good buddy Pastor Sam Jones, Lots of great information here, and I'm very blessed to be a part of this this podcast network. Another quick shout out to my site, KnockReport.com, NoQReport.com, our new site that also focuses on politics, culture, and religion, and it does this from the perspectives of news, opinions, and quotes. Now we get we get questions all the time. What does Knock mean? NoQ? What does that stand for? Uh, some people think it means no cue. I, no, that's not what it means at all. It's knock uh, is a it stands for news, opinions and quotes. Knock report. I know it's it's hard, but when we were looking for names, I thought you know what? By the time we get big and and uh, everybody knows who we are, we can explain it at that point. So we're not big yet, but we're getting there. Uh, March was our first million unique visitor month. So uh, so thank you to all who are visiting knock report on a regular basis your your support is greatly appreciated last but not least in the shout out department the american conservative movement something i'm starting with with myself and uh jeff dornick pastors sam jones and ken peters you know the the coronavirus crisis has changed america and In many ways, it has changed America for the worse. I'm not just talking about the deaths and the economic turmoil. I'm talking about our rights, our freedoms, what's being taken away and what will end up being taken away on a permanent basis. You know, we see what's happening out in the world. We saw what happened after 9-11. Variations of the Patriot Act still exist. We're still in Afghanistan. This is a, a much smaller overall threat to society than the coronavirus was 9-11 and and the after effects are still being felt almost 20 years later. Well it's going to be felt harder and it's going to be more all encompassing with the coronavirus. The after effects aren't just going to be obviously the sickness and death that it brings or the economic turmoil but attacks on our freedom and so that is why we are launching it rapidly with the saving america conference on april ninth. i'm sorry april 18th of of this year oh it's a, it's amazing uh, such a blessing to be working with these people and to having having thousands of, of patriots step up and help us agree to participate to learn more information to to find out what they can do to Save America. So this conference is going to be absolutely free. It's going to be digital. So that's that's something that, in the, uh, in this mini era of the coronavirus, making sure that we keep people safe is is obviously first and foremost. So to do that, we're having a digital conference on Facebook Live, again April 18th, 2020. Uh, great great speakers already lined up and more coming in. We've got Michael Johns, co-founder of the Tea Party. We've got Matt Shea, state representative of Washington, who is really making a name for himself. He will be hitting the national stage very, very soon, I assure you. Jerry Wayne from uh, Michigan Don't Take My Guns fame. He's the gentleman who, the factory worker who uh, Joe, Joe Biden wish he'd never met him you know, when, uh, when he went out there to Michigan to, on uh, primary Tuesday a few few Tuesdays ago. He he met face to face with Jerry Wayne, who asked him, "Why are you going to try to take away our guns?" And Biden's response was, "Was an embarrassment to the the former vice president, but he still ended up winning." He's probably going to win the nomination, and so having Jerry Wayne at this conference is going to be be awesome. Uh, Trevor Loudon from the from New Zealand fame, uh, New Zealander American, but uh, quite an intellectual. Quite a brilliant, brilliant man. Very, very pleased and blessed to have him involved. So many others, and and more coming, coming on, uh, along the way. Now, why are? We, what are we saving America from? That's the question, right? Uh, we are saving America from government. We're saving America from bureaucracy. We're saving America from this coming. I guess you could call it subversion of our rights, and uh, it's formulating as we speak. We're already seeing it. Now, I think most people would say, if I were to say this is becoming a police state, they would say, yeah, but it's only temporary. Well, here's the thing. Trying to pry newfound powers from politicians and bureaucrats, and I'll say most, we won't say all of them, but, but most of them. It's like trying to pry a uh, a, a nice big T-bone from a Rottweiler. They don't want to give it up. Once they have a taste of it, they sink their teeth into it, and and taking it away is almost impossible. Do I believe that there's going to be this lockdown indefinitely? No, no, of course not. But we're seeing changes already being proposed. We're seeing legislation in the works. <clears throat> so my contacts outside of, well, close enough to D.C. to, to know what they're talking about, are looking at concepts such as the Pandemic Prevention Act of 2021, maybe even 2020. Something that is designed to essentially prevent our, what a lot of people believe is a poor response to the pandemic, uh, prevent it from happening again, being able to to act more quickly, get the ventilators out there, all this other stuff. Yeah, I get it. That's great. You know, that's fine. Um, Except it won't be, because within these pieces of legislation, within this... uh, this push for a solution, this call by millions of people for government to do something—they're going to do too much. So <clears throat> it's just what they do. That's why we fight big government. You know, it, when all is said and done, and let's say five, ten years down the road, uh, the coronavirus is a memory. Will we still be here? The American conservative movement? Absolutely, because authoritarianism is never going to go away. There's always going to—we could fight it back. We could. We could make it essentially almost completely disappear, but just like a virus, it will resurface, and it will try to infect more and more of America in the future. Same thing with the push to take away our rights our liberties our freedoms. These are not one-and-done items. These are things that are going to have to be fought for continuously throughout our history. They have been fought for, and into our future, they will continue to be fought for by patriotic Americans. Today's topic, which is the police state. Let me grab a drink. Having some uh, some some throat issues. I'm I'm sounding sounding like uh, I should probably get checked out. <laughs> I chuckle now. Watch, I I got it. <clears throat> God forbid, right? We're talking about the police state, and we're talking about. Something that is supposed to be temporary, and I think a lot of it will be, but there will be remnants. And Even if it is temporary, even if everything goes back to quote-unquote normal afterwards, the degree to which many in government are imposing their will onto the people is uncalled for. It's un-American. And case in point, something that Senator Ted Cruz tweeted yesterday, and let me give you some background a young lady, 19 years old. She was in Pennsylvania, and uh, she was driving, and she got pulled over, and she was ticketed. Why? Did she was she speeding? No, no. Was she? I don't know. Did she have a broken taillight? Well, actually, they did say that she did, except when she checked later, it turns out she didn't. So that's that's a question question mark there already. Why did they pull her over if her taillight wasn't broken? Uh, we can talk about that later, but no, she was she was ticketed for two hundred dollars for breaking breaking the the law the new laws about staying at home. Uh, she was deemed to be traveling in a non-essential fashion. She wasn't going to get get much needed medical supplies or or food or anything of importance. She just wanted to take a drive. Okay. Uh, She's been cooped up for who knows how long, and she wanted to change the scenery, so she hopped into her car, and she drove, and she was going to come back and go back into her self-isolation at home. Now, some would say, "Well, why would she be going out? She shouldn't be going." Well, but why? <laughs> Again, this is America. Let's not let's not get so so uh, terrified of the coronavirus that we overlook the obvious, which is If she's in her car she's not a danger to other people she's not going to infect other people from her car and other people aren't going to infect her while she's in her car so if anything they put her in danger by pulling over what if one of the cops had the coronavirus now she she might have it too I'm not saying that that's what happened I'm just saying that that you never know the point being is that she she was not a risk to herself or others and yet she's ticketed by this by this draconian law and I keep in mind I do not I do not blame law enforcement for this this isn't their fault you know they are doing as they're instructed they are enforcing the law they don't write the laws they're not the ones out there maybe they agree with them maybe they don't but whether they do or not, they enforce them and in this case they were instructed that if you somebody's out there driving and they don't have a essential reason to be out driving then they should get a ticket. Mm, and that's that's wrong that's I mean I'm sorry there's there's nothing that she did to harm herself or others to put anyone at risk and that's really what the spirit of these laws is that's what they're supposed to be about this is about protecting people and in no way did she break the spirit of the law she wanted out you know she wanted to, to go take a drive get a change of scenery she probably had some cabin fever many of us do you know, I mean, I'm recording this. I've got kitchen appliances behind my head as I speak. Is this ideal? Yeah, maybe it is. <laughs> I like the kitchen. But but it's it's not uh, it's not the, the best setting for a show like this. But we have to do it. Because I'm not going to go to the office to record this. I'm not going to take that risk. I'm in Southern California. I might get ticketed or even arrested. Just like surfers out there who are... Surfers who are literally uh, as as socially distancing as possible by being out in the ocean, they're getting ticketed and/or arrested. You have know, people going out to picnics, maintaining a very strict, you know, six feet or more uh, gap between them and anyone else around them, and yet that is worthy of ticketing and/or arresting. Enforcement should require common sense. And I'll take it a step further, and say that there shouldn't really be enforcement, uh, not of this. You know, there's there are times when laws should be enforced that f- fall in line with everything else. For example, and I believe it was oh goodness, I forgot what state, oh, Tennessee maybe. Uh, oh, I don't recall. There was a lady who went into a grocery store, and started intentionally coughing and and uh, coughing all over the food there and going around the store and the managers, they had to throw out like $35,000 worth of food. Should she have laws enforced upon her? Absolutely. She's intentionally trying to put people at risk. Now, as it turned out, she didn't have the coronavirus, but still, it was a terrorist threat, a domestic terrorist threat. That is what, what that would be construed of because she was intentionally trying to either harm people or make people fear that she's trying to harm them. And that is against the law. And you don't need any new laws to to enforce something like that. You don't need to have stay-at-home orders. You don't have to close down the entire economy, um, take away everybody's right to to operate their business, to go to work, to earn a paycheck. These are the things that don't need to be done. And I'm going to rant about that a little bit later. But let's go on to another example. Pastor, uh, oh, I believe his name is, Oh, goodness, Pastor Rodney Howard Brown, Howard Rodney Brown, he's, uh, should have, should have looked that up before this, uh, pastor down in Florida, he went through all the precautions, he wanted to make sure that his uh, his parishioners were safe, his staff was safe, so when they held service two Sundays ago, they made sure to employ appropriate, Distancing, social distancing. Nobody was within, everybody stayed uh, six to ten feet away from each other. They gave out anyone who, who needed it, which was pretty much everybody. Uh, hand sanitizer, okay? They bought a filtration system, a hospital-grade air filtration system that was designed to make sure that the air that was flowing through the church at the time was protected. They wore gloves, staff did. Uh, I mean, this was, this was a very safe environment, safe from the coronavirus. By, by they, they followed all the recommendations that are coming from the medical professionals, other than the one big one, the one that's, that's turning us into a police state, the one that's, that's taking away our rights and our liberties. They did not abide by the stay-at-home order. And so, as a result, this pastor was arrested. And uh, that should concern us. Because, again, they went through all the proper precautions. They went through the, the right protocols. They intended to keep people as safe as possible. And they have these people, not just the pastor, but everybody there, has a First Amendment right to worship. Now, does that mean that, that these rights should mean that we should be out there infecting the others? No. Does that mean that if I were going to that church, if I were, were a, uh, a member of that church, would I be going to that service? No, I wouldn't. I have a family. I would stay at home and and watch it online. Uh, I'm not suggesting that we need to all be out there, you know, protesting and getting in groups and and sneezing on each other or anything like that. But I would like to say that we we can't allow these fears to completely cripple us, to prevent us from being Americans, from being humans. And that's exactly what's happening. So here is... uh, Mr. Governor, sorry, Governor Mike Huckabee, talking about this. I'm I'm hoping you can hear this. So hush everything out as I push play now. While I believe the risks to public safety and life are real from the coronavirus, I also believe that we cannot and we must not sacrifice our First Amendment guarantees of freedom of religion, free speech, and freedom to assemble. I urge you, protect your family during these times, but be equally vigilant that government doesn't become itself a deadly virus that will kill our liberties and turn us into a police state. As usual, the governor is correct. We are moving towards a police state. We are there in many cases, and that's that's terrifying because, uh, <clears throat> like I said, prying away power is much more difficult than I think most people would like to believe and we're in that position right now to where these powers are formulating it's not just the powers that are going to directly affect us today and for an extended period of time throughout the the entire crisis it's the powers that extend beyond that the powers to prepare for the next pandemic to to make sure that that we're mobilized and that we can mobilize faster if something like this ever happens again and then there's just the powers i can picture people taking advantage of this and saying, well, you know, uh, one one of the good parts about this is that the environment was in great shape throughout the coronavirus. We are, we're actually seeing people saying, hey, good news, maybe this is the solution to climate change. Um, could that pick up legs? Mm, probably not. But we don't know that anymore. Things are desperately changing. Things are changing in ways that we cannot foresee. And as Americans, as patriots, as conservatives, we must make sure to push forward with an understanding that if we do not protect our rights, government's not going to protect them for us. We have the Constitution for a reason. The Constitution is not to tell us what we can or cannot do. The Constitution is to is to restrain government from being able to do things to us. It is our protection. It is, it is something that the founders believed rightly so that we needed as a society in order to prevent authoritarianism tyranny oppression from coming from our own government and we're seeing today so much of that actually happening I want to return to to uh, Senator Ted Cruz's tweet I'll read it to you and again this is referring to the nineteen-year-old in Pennsylvania who was arrested he says this is absurd. To Democratic politicians, and it seems to be only Democrats doing this, e.g. Wolf in Pennsylvania, de Blasio in New York City, Cooper in in North Carolina, uh, protect public safety but we don't live in a police state. Resist authoritarianism and don't abuse power. Driving a car alone is not a public health threat. He's absolutely right. Keep in mind, when he's talking about resist authoritarianism, he's not talking to us. We should as well. That's one of the reasons that we're forming the American conservative movement, is to resist this authoritarianism that's rising. It was rising before. I mean, keep in mind, we didn't come up with this as a result of the coronavirus. We've been seeing the Marxist principles from the far left becoming more popular amongst Democrats. We've been seeing uh, even Republicans taking on more of a big government approach to how they want to... uh, to represent us how they want to govern over us in their perspective not everybody you know not all democrats are marxists and not all republicans are are uh, moderates or big government people but a lot are and so we were going to form the american conservative movement one way or the other the coronavirus has only accelerated our, our need or i should say the need of america for a group like us and so that's why that is what, what predicated all of this. Um, this authoritarianism that has that has grown rampantly and rapidly uh, just in the last few weeks. So when the senator says resist authoritarianism and don't abuse power, he's talking to them. He's talking to politicians. They must be the ones to resist it. And frankly, they won't. It's not going to take one senator tweeting at them to, uh, to get them to stop. It's not going to take... You know, one podcast, one guy saying, guys, don't do this. That's not going to get them to stop either. It needs to be a concerted effort, a unified voice within the American conservative movement to actually make this happen. And uh, that's where we need your help. So, again, make sure to attend on April 18th, 2020, Facebook Live, the American conservative movement's Facebook page. We'll be doing an all-day, free of charge digital conference with some incredible speakers. So make sure you check that out. I wanna turn to a tweet by uh, Lauren Chen from The Blaze. Brilliant, brilliant person. Uh, And here again talking about, oddly enough, the police state, seems to be a topic of choice lately. She says, the spring breakers doing body shots off each other in the midst of a pandemic were idiots. But that's not comparable to someone minding their own business. Taking a walk outside. I support individuals voluntarily social distancing, but this is the beginning of a police state. And that is, that is, oh gosh, Uh, what I'm trying to say in this 30 minutes to an hour is what she was able to say in 280 characters or less, okay? Um, Voluntarily social distancing. There was a time two or three months ago when social distancing was kind of a joke. I mean, People were, were talking about us. She refers to the Spring Breakers. Remember that guy? Uh, there's a few of them. But one guy in particular, he's like, man, I've been planning this for, for two or three weeks. You know, if I get the coronavirus, so be it. You know, I'm coming. I'm, I'm here to party. You know, whatever. <laughs> I mean, it was, it, it was idiotic. And he actually, from what I heard, I didn't see it myself, but I heard that he did, did apologize. And he did feel like, man, it really wasn't worth it. I think a lot of people did catch it as a result of, of going to these beaches. Uh, then we had Alexandria Casio Cortez, representative from from New York, who came out and she was blasting Ron DeSantis for not closing the beaches earlier, not putting out his his uh, his uh, stay-at-home orders earlier, and saying, you know, these these people are out there. She's saying these people are are going to the beaches and they're they're having fun and they're they're out there spreading the virus and they're going back. They're on vacations so they're going back to their homes and and uh, spreading the virus there as well. And it's, you know, this is all Ron DeSantis' fault. What the heck ever happened to personal responsibility? You know, America was built on the concept of freedom—freedom freedom to be able to do what what we want, as long as it doesn't hurt others. Now, somebody say, "Oh, but, but they shouldn't be able to do that because they they were hurting others." Okay, great, that's fine. Then, and anyone who was intentionally doing that should be punished. Like I said, the lady lady at the grocery store—she's going out there trying to to infect people. Yeah, she should be she should be punished. There's videos popping up of, of people you know, drinking, opening up bottles and drinking them at, a, at a, the grocery store and then putting them back on the shelves. People walking through and, and intentionally breathing on, coughing on, even spitting on, on items at retail stores. Guess what? What those people are doing, it's already illegal. You didn't need to impose some, we didn't need the coronavirus to say that's bad. We didn't need the coronavirus to say they can't do that you know there's already there it's a combination of destruction of pop- property as well as theft as well as in some cases you know domestic terrorism because when you are putting people at risk or even pretending to put people at risk you are engaged in a type of terrorism you're trying to scare people you may be even trying to hurt them without their knowledge and that's that's punishable and that was always punishable that's punishable before the coronavirus and it'll be punishable after the coronavirus those are things that, that that aren't changing okay if you go into a grocery store you open up a bottle of V8 you take a swig you close it up and you put it back on the shelf that's theft and that's again depending upon intention you know was it a joke i don't know don't get me started on the legalities cuz i am not a lawyer i am not a doctor i am just a patriot an american a legal immigrant and i love being that i feel very blessed so what Lauren Chen pushed forward in saying is that uh, she says this is the beginning of the police state. We are already in it. It's not just the beginning. You know, this, is the, this is the culmination so far, hopefully. By golly, if it's going to get worse than this, you know, Lord help us because this is already bad enough. We need to start restraining these restrictors. We need to start pulling back and pushing back. We need to make sure that Americans are aware they do still have rights. They do still have people they can turn to when those rights are subverted by an oppressive government. And thankfully, again, we haven't seen much of this from the federal government. Not out of, not because people aren't pushing for it. Uh, President Trump has done a, a very good job at, at holding back the uh, the authoritarians who, who, uh, ironically. These are the people, though, who were calling him a fascist and authoritarian before are the same people that are complaining. Why aren't you taking more control? Why don't you have a national stay-at-home order? You know, call the National Guard. Get the army everywhere. You know, lock it down. Um, I don't know. He'll never be able to make those people happy. doesn't matter what he does. It doesn't matter what he says. Yeah, I mean, he could He could literally cure. Personally, go, go into his bedroom, pull out a... A, uh, a chemistry set. Come up with a cure for the coronavirus. Give it out free to everybody across the, the planet. And it would have zero... Zero... Uh, uh, side effects. And they, they would still find something to oppose about it. Uh, it's crazy. Anyway. We are in a very... Odd... Situation right now. And there's no easy solution but as Americans we shouldn't always just look for the quote-unquote easy solution we need to find whatever the solution is and in this case it's not going to be government it's not going to be other politicians will we get some to participate to get involved to do the right thing sure but they're going to be in the minority the only way that we can prevent the after-effects of the coronavirus from being worse than the coronavirus itself is if we, the people, unite together and with a very loud and singular voice tell politicians no, tell bureaucrats no. I was given some grief over one of my previous videos because I said in there, look, I don't even want to think about civil war at this stage. Um, Not sure why people are cheering that on. Not sure why they're telling me that I'm, I'm... this that or the other bad names for not wanting civil war they say that it's the only way that, it, that this can be fixed well I'm not ready for that okay I'm not ready to agree with that whatever whatsoever we are still America we still have that soul of freedom and we have other avenues through which we can prevent authoritarianism without uniting in and uh, behind our guns Keep your guns great. awesome. Let's uh, let's stay safe. let's keep our families protected. let's fight oppression when oppression comes, but this isn't it yet, folks. This isn't the time to rise up and uh, and storm the state capitol. This isn't the time to to uh, go out and and hope to get arrested and and hope to uh, you know, or hope to get pulled over so you can start shooting at people that's no, we can't we can't devolve to that degree yet. I'm sorry, but we cannot. Let's try something else. Let's try uniting. Let's try informing. Let's try using our votes, using our objections, using social media. Going to these conferences online together, talking about it, getting as many people involved as possible, make their phones blow up, the politicians, even their fax machines, their emails. Let them know that as scared as we are of the coronavirus, we're much more scared of the after effects. We're much more concerned about what government will do when the coronavirus itself is no longer a challenge. This police state that's rising needs to be upended. There's no other real word for it. I mean, You can say it needs to be stopped, it needs to be reversed, but upending it is is actually the only way. And I'm, I'm referring to the concept of of uh you know taking something and lifting it up and putting it back down on the opposite side because that's the only real way to address the draconian measures that many in government are doing we can't walk it back you know it's not like okay so so fine there's still this total lockdown but but you can go to you know the the gym on tuesdays and uh You know, you can only go, we'll only allow 30 people at a time in the building. No, look, Americans aren't generally stupid. Will there be stupid people who aren't social distancing, who aren't taking precautions? Absolutely. But we can. The majority of people will practice social distancing. We will do what we can to stay safe. Uh, Businesses should be able to open up and initiate protocols that keep them safe. For us to say that nothing can be open and no one can go out is thats you know, too much protection against the idiots. When we actually do have personal responsibilities that we can engage in. We can be cautious. We can, be, we can beat this without having to destroy the economy, without having to destroy our rights. We're the United States of America, last time I checked. And being the United States of America means we can overcome this just as we've overcome everything in our past so far. Let's not let the coronavirus be our end. Uh, my name is J.D. Rucker. Thank you for listening. It's been another episode of the Rucker Reports.